Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hi, who had an at-home chop this week. I did, and I oh also my chopped God. my fringe last night. Can we night. say haircut? Hair- I thought we were talking about a lamb chop. It's like most people eat their chops at home. <laughs> I also love chops. Well, I had chops last night. We all love chops, and we all love Annabelle Lee's new haircut. Oh, Guys, you. coming up on today's show, Rihanna took the stage for the first time in years and proved it was her Super Bowl Plus, the Daily Telegraph reckons if you're good at your job, you're due for a divorce. Penn Badgley's interesting comments about sex scenes and fidelity. Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox appear to be falling apart. And why is Ozempic suddenly everywhere? Unpacking the crazy lengths celebrities are reportedly going to to lose weight. But first, Zara McDonald, how was your week? I had a good week. I fell in love with someone this week. (laughs) Oh, I know. She fell in love with someone this week. It's Stormzy. Stormzy! (laughs) I know. I love that guy. Not on my 2023 bingo card Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But for context, obviously the Brit Awards were over the last week and I was watching some of the performances from the Brit Awards. And Stormzy's been on my radar, obviously. He's famous. (laughs) We're not that uncle. I'm not that (laughs) ridiculous. But I didn't know much about him. All I knew about him was in the context of Maya Jama, the beautiful British television host who he dated for four years. They broke up. She went and dated Ben Simmons. But it's been this big story because people think that Stormzy and Maya should get back together. People think they love each other a lot. Yes. Well, it seems like maybe Stormzy made a mistake yes. back when they dated and he has never gotten got over, over it. Yeah. He's clearly never gotten over it. Now, when it comes to these two, I was first sort of properly falling in love with the whole thing this week when he performed his song Hide and Seek at the Brit Awards, which is written about Maya. She was in the audience at the yes. Brits. And I was like, this is the most beautiful song ever. Like, I have been playing the song nonstop all week. I'm obsessed with it. It's it's beautiful. In fact, the most toxic, toxic part of me has fallen in love with their love, even though they're not together. That I'm like, Dwalin, I need to have a tiny bit of time apart. Sort of, you know, just spice it up a just little. Just have this pool, like this the tension. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm obsessed with it. So then, Mish, I was talking to you about this, and you said that you saw snippets of a Stormzy interview on TikTok with Louis Theroux. Yes. Well, the Stormzy thing, I think, has been a big thing for even like anyone who watches Love Island UK. There was kind of this weird Stormzy through line in season three, where right. he was like, he's a massive Love Island UK fan. He used to tweet about the show all the time, and that's how I got into Storm. Stormzy because I always wanted to know what he was thinking about Love Island and then yeah I've just kind of followed him and then I he's all over my TikTok feed all the time and the Louis Theroux interview especially the part where he talks about his dad 
is fascinating. So I watched the full interview. It's on the BBC. (laughs) It is Louis Theroux interview Stormzy. Guys, you have to watch this. (laughs) I had the best time. I loved this so much. I knew... I wouldn't love anything as much as Zara loves Stormzy. I knew nothing about Stormzy. (laughs) Truly, I'd listened to my first Stormzy song this week and I am so holy on this bandwagon. It's a really good interview. Yes, he speaks about his dad very honestly and the anger that he felt about his dad. His dad left the family years and years ago. He grew up without a dad. And then when Stormzy started doing well, his dad came back and asked for money for a car. And I started to go listen to his music, yes, but also read a lot of his lyrics. And I was like, this guy is a total magician, but particularly hide and seek. I was like, this song... I just, it is the most beautiful love song. It's so clearly about Maya, by the way. Yeah. And he's so clearly still hung up on Maya. This is not... Um, I would be too. She's the most beautiful woman under the sun. It's, <laughs> it's so not us being fans just having a parasocial relationship with these two. He mm. is very open anytime you hear him speak about Maya. And normally it would annoy me and normally it would kind of gross me out a bit. There is something about the delicate way that he does it. It's not annoying and it doesn't feel manipulative. He'll just occasionally say the breakup I went through or that's what happened with Maya when Mm. I really disappointed myself. He didn't cheat, but he did disrespect her is what he said. Anyway, I don't know how I spent five minutes on this. Would you like to do a whole segment about how Stormzy and Maya need to get back together? Truly, I'm like so obsessed with it. I will be so on this train. You might need a VPN to watch this. I know it's not the easiest recommendation. I did Google before I came on. I said to Annabelle, a VPN's illegal because I don't know if I can recommend that. And she goes, I think they might be. And then I said, nope, Google says they're legal. No, I mean, I've got like three on my computer, so I hope they're not illegal. It's worth the VPN. It's worth the headache. Please watch it. That's my recommendation. That's my week. How are you? What are you recommending? Superb. I'll jump jump straight into my recommendation. I went and I saw... After Sun with Paul Meskel, the very artsy, very highbrow film starring this podcast's favourite boy. Well, speaking of falling in love, it's happening (laughs) everywhere. I think our favourite boys might be Stormzy and Paul Meskel. Now, I think it actually premiered on the day that I saw it in cinemas. I think it's like released this week everywhere so everyone can go see it. It is a stunning film. What I wish I knew before I walked in is to read into everything. We saw a girl in the bathroom who had just seen it. Like I was there with my friends, right? And my friend Maddie and I saw this girl in the bathroom and we were like, oh my God, what did you think? And she was like, it is so sad. Like, it's so sad. So I walked into the film being like, I'm going to sob. I'll be a mess. It's going to be really direct with how sad it is. That's not the case. It's incredibly, incredibly subtle. And I wish someone had said to me before I walked in, read into everything. Oh, that's the best game as well to be yes. like, is he wearing a red scarf? <laughs> virginity. No, sorry, that's just <laughs> And I would say that's not all that subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. This is like, this is a stunning film. It is unlike anything I've seen. I mean, I spent the rest of my week watching Vanderpump Rules. So we love a bit of high and we love a bit of low. Love it. This is very highbrow. It is stunning. I think you will really really enjoy it and may i jump in here you said it was quite short oh yeah it's like 90 something minutes beautiful stuff beautiful stuff so just go in expecting artsy expecting highbrow expecting your boy paul to be at his very best like i am not surprised he was nominated for an oscar on the back of this award not that i'm an expert or <laughs> well, like I was a film say, critic. do you think he can win the oscar <laughs> seen any other film with any other nominee look I've only seen this one I'm pretty sure but yes I do think he's worthy of an Oscar oh my god I can't wait he's, better, but he's bringing his whole family to the Oscars oh it doesn't surprise me no, he's our do- boy doesn't surprise me at all which we have to start where everyone is talking this week it is Rihanna and the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl did not belong to the Chiefs no this year <laughs> Belong to the other team. No, no, the Chiefs won. I'm not that dumb. I was going to say it belonged to Rihanna. It belonged to Rihanna, guys, four years after her last live performance and seven years since she released her last album. Rihanna took to what is arguably the biggest stage in the world. It was Monday lunchtime in Australia when she went on stage. She performed a 13-minute set for the halftime show in front of 118 million viewers. So many people. (laughs) Now, the show opened up with this like incredible zoomed in shot of Rihanna's face. It was like her chin was down, her eyes were up. 
I wouldn't be able to do that face. No. I just, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> actually think. We should try. We need to try and put it up on Instagram <laughs> or TikTok. I, like, I would look terrible, like just not terrifying in a scary way, terrifying in a, it's you're like an idiot way. right down. <laughs> I wish that, that's so bad. Like, all right, this can be on TikTok. Everyone can give it a go. All right, I'm going <laughs> to. You know what? If you had have held it for a second longer, I yes. Panicked. Michelle just let it go too quickly. Annabelle, okay. chin down. And eyes up. Eyes up. <laughs> oh, no. Annabelle just did a sexy face. <laughs> she just tried to seduce us. Have you had your proper go yet? Do you want to oh, have a Oh, I can go, go again. Okay. I just didn't, did you, do you think I need to? Um, that okay. Maybe. Why not? <laughs> so, no, they're not so sure. that's that. So that's that. Anyway, what really great activity to do on a podcast when no one can see anything. Anyway, she did this incredible face. And what happened is Bitch Better Have My Money started, a pretty apt song to begin with, given she spent all these years out of music mm. making buckets of money with Fenty. And she was in this bright red bodysuit. She was covered in a boiler suit, then a jacket. Mm. There was like a boob Lueve corset as well in there. Those co- they're, they're everywhere right now. Those ones that kind of look melted onto your yeah. body, like very contoured to your body, made out of like plastic or something. Yeah, exactly. And then when it zoomed out, she very gently and subtly pulled the side of her boiler suit to the side. <laughs> <laughs> A great description. This episode's off to an amazing start. <laughs> and gently, gently, subtly gestured to her belly. She like zoomed past it with her hand. She caressed it so quickly. Yes. And then everybody started thinking the same thing, but nobody wanted to say it. It was incredibly funny. We were all working from home on Monday in terms of our team. And so we're all on Slack, on our Slack channel, you know, Rihanna's starting, let's go, like, let's watch, you know, do your live Second by second feedback, yeah. And I was obsessed with the fact that I was just watching this commentary (laughs) and everyone refused to acknowledge the elephant in the room which was is she pregnant yeah genuinely at the end i loved that it had been like 13 minutes of seeing rihanna's i would say now quite clearly pregnant belly now that we have the confirmation but at the time not clear like we could see there was a belly but it could have just been like a postpartum thing she only gave birth like nine or ten months ago yeah and i loved that you came in after the performance and said um, are we going to address the elephant in the room? Well, I felt like I could by that point because Twitter had just run with the assumption that she was pregnant. But I was more obsessed with how people sort of were gently hinting towards it in our chat without saying it. For example, Annabelle, oh, <laughs> Annabelle yeah. what did I say, made a comment about her tiny dance move. <laughs> She's just preserving energy because it's a long performance. But I was actually in my brain going, maybe she's pregnant and she's tired. Yeah, 100%. 100%, I was like, tiny dance moves. I was like, she knows. She's thinking the same. But it was, it is really interesting because I saw a tweet after the Super Bowl where someone said, and this was like a pretty widely engaged with tweet that said, our media literacy is so low that we can see a shot like that and not immediately assume that she's pregnant, Mm. that we're all so stupid that clearly she's trying to send us this message. And I was like, this to me has very little to do with media literacy and everything to do with conversations we constantly have about how inappropriate it is to speculate that a woman is pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're watching something in the moment, like when I was sitting in my bed, not going to lie, working from bed (laughs) on Monday, watching this, there's so much going on that you're paying attention to to begin with. You're not looking at all these very subtle, quick gestures to her belly. So when you're eight or nine minutes in, you're looking at it going, is that something I should read into or is that just uh, like you don't know and it's so dangerous to assume with women's bodies as we know I feel like it's a it's a funny one you go back and look and watch it when you focus on the belly it's very obvious but otherwise it just isn't I think as well Rihanna probably didn't want to be seen to be copying Beyonce remember how Beyonce did that very famous pregnancy reveal on live television where she fully ripped her clothes open and then like rubbed vigorously rubbed her belly and made it so obvious I think Rihanna knew she had to do something slightly different but that subtlety probably meant somewhere it got a little messy with trying to figure out what she was trying to tell us absolutely so soon after the show her reps confirmed that she was in fact pregnant with her second child which is amazing and very exciting Mm. but I tell you what it was a bit of a mess to discuss until (laughs) then I want to know how you guys felt about the performance because if I was honest before I worked out whether she was pregnant or not I was like this is not exactly what I thought Mm. I thought maybe she was gonna like 
be hectic with the dancing, like throw herself into it. And don't get me wrong, she really did throw herself into it. But now that she's pregnant, it makes sense why it was. It had to be. She had to be low. I say low key in inverted commas because performing like that pregnant is insane. Yeah, it was like the music was the real standout star, sure. right? Like she's got an incredible catalogue of music that she can lean on. And I've got to say it would be impossible to try and squeeze so many incredible bops that she has into 13 bops bops or <laughs> smash hits smash hits smash hits is what we prefer here. into 13 minutes so that was incredible the way she mashed the music up was incredible the spectacle of the performance for me was more lackluster than other stars that we've seen but she is pregnant so now i'm like well that makes total sense i think if i was going to change anything or if i felt like it was missing anything it was like even the stage design was very one note. It was like a white and red stage and there were dancers donned in these white puffy outfits. Like there wasn't much theater. variance. There yeah. wasn't much variance or theatre going well, on that we've seen from other performers. Yeah, I say there wasn't much theatre and people might say, guys, she was literally in the middle of like the sky on a floating, floating thing, thing <laughs> which is completely true. I think when I say theatre, I mean like more things for my eyes to look at. Yes. Like you're right when all the backup dancers are all in white and she's in red and there's no change over 13 minutes. I reckon I did get to seven or eight minutes and think like, is something else going to happen? Is someone going to come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, I know wholeheartedly that this performance will absolutely go down in history. Yeah. Like it will age really well. It is still really fun to watch back. I've already done it like twice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it will be timeless in that sense. But I think as I was watching it initially, that first go, I think when you're watching these halftime shows, you're waiting to like be shocked at every angle. Yeah. And I didn't have that apart from the fact I just realised that she was pregnant and performed the whole thing, which is like pretty insane. How did you find out, Annabelle, before we jump through the rest of this segment? You know what? I didn't quite agree with you throughout the Slack messaging that we had on Monday, that it was underwhelming. I was kind of like, I had chills the whole time. I don't know, maybe it was the fact that we hadn't seen her in so long and that I don't really remember a lot of past Super Bowl performances, so I didn't really have anything to compare it to. Like, I've seen them, but I I don't think I've ever really remembered them. So when I was watching her, I was like, I thought it was kind of cool that she could just rely on herself. Well, it's a good point, and as Mish pointed out too, it's like her music is so amazing and her voice was really strong that she could just rely on that, whereas maybe in past years you've got your J-Lo and Shakira's who are like the whole shebang and right? the dancing is it's incredible like, and there's like led lights you like yeah. don't know where to look and yes. there's so much going on yes. this was different and i think i probably needed to go in with a different perspective for sure mm. we need to talk about the asl sign language interpreter slash performer oh. justina miles who was a performer in her own right oh my god this clip of justina miles the asl sign language interpreter has gone viral for such good reason i wouldn't mind betting that rihanna like plucked her out of somewhere and got her to do this i've never seen such an incredible performance from an asl sign interpreter in my life like this was just incredible she was so great i'm so happy for her that she's gone viral because i imagine she's got like a decade of gigs ahead of her now. <laughs> oh, she was amazing. And I think what's also obviously a big conversation starter about this Super Bowl performance is Rihanna didn't earn a cent for her performance. So the question for a lot of people is, well, naturally, what's the pull? It would be so much time, so mm. much energy. I was actually feeling so nervous before she went on stage because I knew she would be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if, you've put, if, it's, if you're taking that long out of the game, you knew she would have been racked with nerves. Yeah. But marketing for Fenty had to be, the corporal, right? Yeah. And it worked. Oh, it worked so well. I was wondering how she was going to incorporate a Fenty plug into this performance and she did it perfectly. Halfway through, she blotted her nose with Fenty's Invisimat instant setting and blotting powder. Like the backup dancers gave her one of the compacts, gave her a little blotting thing to apply it with. It was so seamless and so incredible. And I think stuff like this works. Watching how moments at the Super Bowl work is fascinating. Ad Age has reported that Fenty was talked about more than any other brand on social media after the Super Bowl. They shared data on Monday from Sprout Social that said the product placement resulted in 16,432 mentions, over 180,000 engagements and more than 321 million impressions. I think to put this in context, when we're talking about the fact that Fenty was spoken about more than any other brand on social media, and that's like 
a data-driven insight. Consider how many brands pay between six and seven million dollars for ad spots at the Super Bowl. Mm. Fenty didn't pay a cent. I mean, sure, they had to ask their founder, CEO, <laughs> to really go up there pregnant and perform on a floating thing. But they didn't have to pay anything. They spent no money. Mm. It was just the Rihanna performance that saw them outperform all of the brands who spend so much money so much. making ads. Google search traffic for Fenty reportedly also went up by 800%. There are entire articles dedicated to what lipstick she was wearing, what makeup products the backup dancers were wearing. Yeah. Websites like The Hollywood Reporter had a breakdown of all the products used throughout the show with shoppable links. Mm. Like they even had merch, Mish. Yeah, Savage and Fenty released bespoke Super Bowl merch. It was modelled on the night by the likes of Cara Delevingne. You can buy elements of what the backup dancers were wearing. You can buy their shorts. You can buy their sports bras. The capsule they've just released is called Big Game Energy. It's literally modelled by the backup dancers on the Fenty Savage website. Like, they just did this to perfection. And I know it's so obvious, but Rihanna really is a marketing genius. Are you on Marshmallow TikTok? No. <laughs> so I'm on the side of TikTok where all the backup dancers are putting their costumes back on and explaining how they got into backup dancing and everyone's calling them like the marshmallow dancers. <laughs> and it is so, so good. I mean, if you're interested in that side of TikTok, do it. But the fact that we're still talking about it days on the fact that there is a marshmallow dancers TikTok mm. does speak to how huge of a spectacle this was despite you and I what we said before that we were like even expecting more but again as I said I feel like this will have like a timelessness that people will remember for a very long time. Coming up after the break, the Daily Telegraph reckons women who work are due for a divorce. Penn Badgley's interesting comments about sex scenes. Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox might be falling apart. And why is Ozempic everywhere? But first, a word from today's sponsor. And now it is time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories from the roughlay and tumblay of the celebrity and pop culture <laughs> news cycle. Michelle, hair's looking pretty, Andrews. Aww, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hair compliments all round today. What have you got for me? Our first story. Why love is the price celebrity women pay for their status. That is from the Daily Telegraph. That is written guys, by Annette Sharp. She's quite a prolific columnist here in Australia. Yeah, so the reason we wanted to kick off the quick and dirty with this one is on Sunday, one of the Daily Telegraph's, I would say most controversial media columnists, mm. published one of the most bizarre <laughs> columns I've read in a little while. <laughs> You'd honestly kind of think it was satire when you were first having a read of it. It's a funny, funny piece. Yeah, now the piece sort of started by talking about the breakdown of Carrie Bickmore's partnership they said marriage but incorrect I, I don't think that Carrie was married to her ex-partner Chris no 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 I don't think they were married either no anyway this piece will argue that Carrie's marriage has fallen apart and less than subtly tried to then argue that successful Australian women in the media landscape couldn't keep their marriages alive because they basically what just left men in their wake yeah it's Really bizarre. I think the only way for us to explain how strange and utterly outdated this piece is, is to read you chunks of it. I'll start with one. The nation already knew media darling Bickmore was, or at least had been, a workaholic with two demanding jobs. One as host of the project and the other as a top-rating afternoon radio presenter. It was not too huge a leap to view Chris Walker, her partner, as the primary caregiver to the couple's children. Something likely to have changed since Bickmore left the project in November, two months before the couple announced their separation. Bickmore is just the latest female media star whose marriage has founded due to pressures we can only guess at. The piece went on. She joins the nation's highest paid radio star, Jackie O'Henderson, ABC icon Lee Sales, and the woman who has replaced Bickmore at the helm of the project, Sarah Harris, along with a list of many who could not juggle a demanding career, marriage and parenting young children. Of these three things, one might have thought marriage the easiest. It seems, in fact, the opposite is true. 
It is the hardest or at least the most disposable. <laughs> we go on. All four of these women have risen to the top of their cutthroat chosen professions and served as family breadwinners while putting in the long hours expected to maintain their star status and create comfortable, often luxurious lives for their families. These men, as in their exes, and countless other content but anonymous homemaker dads and mums and grandparents and paid staff are the unseen machine propping up modern feminism for as generations of women know, feminism has its price. Women can't have it all without plenty of compromise and a committed support crew. Based on the growing numbers, <laughs> it looks as if lasting romantic love is the price women must pay for their success. At least while the studio light is on, an Instagram is demanding a piece of their soul. Sorry, is Lee Sales even on Instagram? And if she is, how much time is she, she spending, spending on it? I mean, even the tweet selling the story was an abomination. This is what they sold on Twitter. Carrie Bickmore, Jackie O, Lee Sales and Sarah Harris are all huge media identities in their own rights. They all also leave a trail of broken marriages in their wake. <laughs> what the fuck? Truly. If I wasn't so, like, taken aback by the stupidity of it all, I would find it offensive. But this is truly one of the stupidest stories, headlines. How is this even everything? a thing? It's, for one, I mean, the obvious <laughs> points need to be made. What about the high-profile men whose marriages haven't last? Carl Stefanovic, Richard Wilkins, I mean, Kyle Sanderlands, not that he's been married lots, but apparently facts don't matter here. He's just had relationships. Well, him and Carrie can sit in the same basket. Yeah. Long-term relationships that yeah. they dare to have ended. Also, I think the stats are that over a third of Australian marriages end. So this is hardly like a remarkable thing to happen, that a marriage has ended. Lots of marriages in Australia end. And I think beyond all of that, we're talking about four relationships over the span of seven years that have ended. Lee Sales split from her husband in 2016. Yeah. So what, we're pulling in Lee Sales' broken marriage from seven years ago with Carrie's ended long-term relationship from, what, within the last six months and saying there's a trend here, something about high-profile women and marriages just isn't syncing up. I also think there is something here as well that is disgustingly disrespectful to Carrie Bickmore considering the only person she was married to died. Like her yes. first husband passed away. She then coupled up with Chris, never married him and split. Like the inference that she's failed at relationships and that her is, she's the face of this article, by the way. Her yeah. photo is all over it. That's who Annette Sharp is using to launch this argument is so completely unforgivable and disgusting to me. It's beyond. Yeah. I also want to hone in even on the language used in the headline and throughout the piece. I mean, the headline again, if you guys have forgotten, is why love is the price celebrity women pay for their status. It's not why love is the price successful women pay for their career. We've intentionally used the words celebrity and status yeah. as if the only thing that Carrie Bickmore and Lee Sales and the other women mentioned in this piece care about is how rich and famous they are, which is such bullshit. Like I truly think, first of all, this just wouldn't exist. If we were writing this about Carl Stefanovic and Carl Sanderlands, it wouldn't be an article in the first place. No one would see it as a story. But to focus on the women and focus on status feels very loaded to me when uh, that's just unfair. Like, it's just, it's patently unfair. Well, it's completely loaded, not to mention the fact that both Carrie Bickmore and Lee Sales have taken active steps over the last year to step away from their careers and their quote-unquote status. Mm. Like, they're less in the public eye than ever. I... Also think for me, I mean, of course, this was written by a woman, but I don't even know if this would be written by a man, truly. Like the internalised misogyny is just off the charts. Mm. But I think as someone who's 28 and reading this, yes, I know I led this by saying, you know, it's so bizarre, it could be satire. But I would love to also say that these kinds of pieces are so outrageous that they don't matter. But I do think a lot of people subconsciously believe this. Like even if they're not saying it in the same way and even if they're not communicating it in one of the, the biggest papers in the country, I do believe a lot of people still have these views about women who work. Mm. And I think there's a lot of guilt associated with trying to be a woman who works, who wants to have kids, who wants to have a family. And at 28, as someone who's watching all of this unfold, who's already preemptively feeling guilty about maybe what my relationship dynamic will look like because 
because I don't want to stop working and truthfully we can't stop working. I, I, I don't like reading this stuff because yes, we're laughing and yes, it's outrageous, but also there are so many people who feel like this. And if there weren't, I wouldn't already be preemptively feeling guilty about what my life is going to look like. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the inference throughout the whole thing is you're selfish for being a woman who wants a career. You're yeah. selfish for wanting to put yourself or anything about yourself first at any point in your life that children and your husband need to come first and that is the role of a woman. I, I understand and I agree with you. I think it, it can be hard not to take stuff like this personally, but I have been pleased to see the reaction on social media. I mean, we know social media can be such a cesspit for shit like this. I read the comments in various places on various social media websites and was pretty, I felt pretty positive when I clicked out. A lot of people were calling this out for what it is. And what it is, is bullshit. Like it's it is so such profound bullshit. I hope the women who were used in this piece are okay. And I don't think there's a trend that we need to talk about here. I think it just so happens that over the last seven years, four different women in the public eye have gone through relationship breakdowns. And that's okay. Our second story. Why Penn Badgley asked for fewer sex scenes in You Season 4. Well, in case you missed it, Season 4 of You is now out on Netflix, the kind of creepy series starring Penn Badgley (laughs) that blew up initially in 2018. That time has flown, hey, five years ago. Now, if you're a big fan and you're wondering where in the world all the sex scenes are this season for quite a sexy show, you can blame Penn Badgley. <laughs> in the latest episode of Pod Crushed, which is his own podcast, the former Gossip Girl star said that he actually asked the director of the TV show to cut some of his character Joe's sex scenes. And he said that there are a few reasons. But he said... <sighs> Mostly it's got to do with fidelity in his marriage. I want to play you what he said so that we don't have to paraphrase. We don't have to kind of add tone to his words that isn't there. Here's what he said. Yeah. um, I mean, I asked uh, Sarah Gamble, creator of the show, can I just do no more intimacy scenes? This is actually a decision I'd made before I took the show. You know, before I took one of the reasons that I've... I don't think I've ever mentioned it publicly, but but it's one of the main things is like, do I want to put myself back in a career path where I'm just always a romantic lead. It's really important to me to, to like fidelity in my, in every relationship and especially my marriage is important to me. And, and, um, yeah, it just got to a point where I don't want to do that. You know, and mm-hmm. like in the course before I took the show, is there a question? Uh, do, do, do I have a career if I don't, I mean, you know, think about every male lead you've loved. Yeah. If, are they kissing someone? Are they, are they doing a lot more than that? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really not my desire to, so, and, you know, but I, but I, so I said to Sarah, like, I, uh, my desire would be zero (laughs) (laughs) to go from a hundred to zero, but I signed this contract. I I, Mm -hmm. I signed up for the show. I know what I did. You know, you you can't, you can't take this aspect out of the DNA of the concept. So, so how much less can you make? It was my question to them. And, and, and she didn't even bat an eye. She was really glad that I, that I was that honest and she was sort of i want to say almost like empowered or she she yeah she had a really positive response how do we feel about that yeah complicated very like i actually think it's one of the more interesting stories to come out this year because i think there's a lot of layers to it Mm. initially and i still probably sit roughly in the camp of this feels a bit of a silly take right but we can unpack why what about you Yeah, I think I feel a little differently to you. But before we get there, for context, he has been with his partner, Domino Kirk, since 2014. They married in 2017. They have one child named James together. So this relationship, his marriage has been going on the entire time the show's been going on. Correct. So it is interesting that this has popped up now in 2023 when, as you say, they have been together since 2014. I think from my perspective, the real confusion here is linking wanting to cut back on sex scenes to fidelity. If he had said, it's a boundary thing, it's sort of not where I want to be using and how I want to be using my body these days, I would say, you know, fair play, you might actually struggle in your career because of a call like that because Mm. acting demands you be different people and those people might be sexy but I would say that's fair enough and he has hinted in some interviews that it's partly a boundary thing but to link sex scenes to fidelity 
doesn't make sense to me and it sort of feels like he's projecting really personal issues he has to you know a universal role or a universal job and I I just I don't believe this has to be about fidelity and I think that's where it's kind of confused me I know we've sort of joked on this uh podcast being like if my partner was an actor I wouldn't be able to like I wouldn't be mature enough to see them kissing on screen or whatever it might be but I think when you're from this world and this is the line of work that you pick and you say when I go to work I play a role I'm an actor it is not me it does feel slightly strange to me that you wouldn't apply that to a sex scene like it's a bit weird yeah like what do you what what kind of personal things are you projecting onto this sex scene for, to not be able to have boundaries oh, I don't know I wonder if we're being unfair I feel like there are so many examples across doing this podcast that indicate this is really difficult for a lot of couples I remember when 50 shades of Grey was coming out and they were filming those movies Jamie Dornan the male star of that franchise said he and his wife really struggled with the sex component of that show his wife could not watch it didn't want anything to do with it because she was so troubled by seeing her husband in that situation with another woman we are prepping a scandal series right now I won't reveal who it's about but it's about a major Hollywood star who has said that his affair one of his affairs began because he was doing sex scenes with a certain actress in a movie we've also spoken about Arena Shake and Bradley Cooper their relationship breaking down reportedly because she struggled seeing him we and don't all that know sexual that. and I do think sorry to interrupt you like we don't know that one I agree with you with the one we're talking about with the scandal thing we've prepped I do believe wholeheartedly this person <laughs> like now we're this person said we had all this chemistry on set and we had an affair this person also had other affairs so if you're yeah. the type that is going to cheat well of course you're going to use this sex scene in a job to say we had all this chemistry and we couldn't get our hands off each other. If you are really invested in your relationship and not at all looking around, you won't use sex scenes as an excuse for infidelity, mm. in my opinion. I only think you're going to confuse it if you're worried. That's how I actually feel. Is there a world where Penn Badgley is trying to negate something within himself, though? That- Say, like, Is there a world where in past seasons maybe something has translated off screen? And he's now made a pact with his wife that he won't put himself in that situation. Yeah, I think that's what I've been trying to say. (laughs) Well, if that's the case, I really, I like that. If that's the case that Penn Badgley is saying, I am the kind who is prone to cheating. And again, for various reasons, we have nothing to To prove that that is the case. Nothing to prove it. But if that was the case, and if he's trying to suggest that, I respect that for him to say, I'm not putting myself in that situation. I don't know if we can say just because it's a job, you can switch off this sexual primal side of yourself simply because it's professional. Serial killers. Do you know what I mean? Like when they're playing roles, you play outrageous characters, and these people know that that is their job to have a boundary. But when you're trying to kill someone in a TV show, you're not actually killing them. When you're in a sex scene, you're not having, you're not sticking it in. You're making out with someone, grinding <laughs> on funny. them, humping them with what? Like a cup to protect yeah, your genitals. I know, I agree. You're I, going as close to sex as you no, possibly can. I see what you're saying. It is truly, this is why I said at the start, this is one of the most interesting stories for me that's come out this year because there are so many layers to it. For me, it's not that someone wants to cut back on sex scenes at all. I think if someone wants to do that, that is completely their prerogative. It was the fidelity link that kind of lost me. Mm. And there was a good... A tweet from a writer from The New Yorker called Emily Nussborn and she wrote basically saying, I appreciate if he needs to have boundaries, all of these kinds of things. I just wish he didn't universalise that experience to every actor or tie it to personal fidelity. I do think there are so many actors. Like it does. What does that say about every other actor is having sex scenes? Do they and who have been able to keep their relationships intact. Like, don't project your own personal feelings about it onto everybody else who does this as a job. I think that's deeping it. Nah, I think he gave think a quote true. in an interview to say, this he's is for me. He's done it more than once. He said it consists. He's done, like, other interviews with Variety as and well. And he wants to be pat on the back for he wants, saying it. Is. That's what I don't like. I think it's like a, I'm a real feminist and I'm a family man. <laughs> that's the tone. Okay. I mean... <laughs> If actors out there are really offended by what you say, then I'm very sorry to them. I just think we need to be able to hear an actor say a thing and go, that's his view on his life. It's not about everyone in the industry. Michelle, if that's the attitude we took about every actor saying anything, we would not have a show. And this whole job is about deeping things. I'm choosing not to deepen it today. Yeah, fair enough. Our third story. Instagram drama implies troubling developments with 
Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. That is from Vanity Fair. Well, in perhaps, you know, n- not the most surprising celebrity relationship developments, there may be trouble in paradise for Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly after Megan Fox went a little rogue on Instagram over the weekend. A little or a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't see it, in an Instagram post she posted on Sunday, she sparked breakup rumours after she kind of posted a carousel which had, you know, a series of photos of herself. There was a photo of a guy and her in a bathroom that no one knows who he is. There was also a video of an envelope being burned in a fire pit. (laughs) And then she captioned the whole post with lyrics from Beyonce's 2016 album Lemonade, which is famously about cheating, writing, you can taste the dishonesty, it's all over your breath. (laughs) Yeah. She also deleted every photo or video of Machine Gun Kelly from her Instagram account including their engagement announcement post. She unfollowed him. In fact, she unfollowed everyone except for three famous people. The only famous people in her following list for a time were Eminem, Harry Styles and Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Okay, can I guess? So Eminem is famously Machine Gun Kelly's arch arch nemesis, right? They fucking hate each other. Perfect follow. (laughs) Perfect follow. We love that. Is she including Harry Styles and Timothy there because she just wants to have a crack if she is single? Yes. So it's two hotties. These are and my the enemy. This is their perfect rebound blokes for her. Blokes. <laughs> like a bit younger, hot, sexy, very of the moment. Yes. You know, it boys. Okay. She's followed the it boys. She's followed the it but, boys and, 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 and <laughs> Just so clear. Now it got stranger when in the comment sections of her post, a fan suggested that Machine Gun Kelly had cheated. The fan wrote, he probably got with Sophie. Now Sophie is Machine Gun Kelly's guitarist, Sophie Lloyd. We have to assume that that's a what it's about. Mm. Megan Fox responded to that writing, maybe I got with Sophie alongside a fire emoji. (laughs) And I'm like, poor Sophie didn't need to be pulled into your drama. No. And then after all of that, she just deleted her account. Because I I saw this. I woke up to this news. I think you put it in our Slack channel, Zara. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to go look. I was trying to search Megan Fox couldn't find her. And then for a brief second was like, has she blocked Shameless? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think we're anywhere near important enough. How to centre yourself in a story, <laughs> yeah. 101. Does she hate me? <laughs> did you do that once with, um, fuck, we did that with Andrew Tate once. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, oh my God, has Andrew Tate blocked Shameless? And then everyone's like, no, he's just deleted his account, you idiot. <laughs> we think we're so important. <laughs> So embarrassed. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about No, us. even funnier, the other day I was texting my sister on Monday and my sister was like, what are you doing? And I was like, waiting for Rihanna. Duh. And she goes, what? Are you interviewing Rihanna? And I was like, no. That's the most flattering thing she's ever said though. I was like, honey, she's fucking performing at the Super Bowl. Reminds me of the time we posted a photo with an Aperol spritz and the caption, Miss Flo, and people genuinely thought we were interviewing Florence Pugh as if Florence would give a fuck about us. Oh, yeah, I just I just posted the caption because it was like, you know, zeitgeist. You know? <laughs> and then everyone gave us way too much credit. And I think the lesson from all of this is give us less credit. Assume, <laughs> assume less, including ourselves. Uh, now, back to Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. In the days since, people have reported that the couple haven't officially called off their engagement yet. A source told people that they had a fight over the weekend. Megan is very upset. She's not speaking to Machine Gun Kelly and that she's taken off her engagement ring, but they're not broken up yet. Yeah. I think they should though. Oh, I, think- I would love for these two to break up. Oh, <laughs> you shan't wish that. She, I shall <laughs> and I will. I just think she can, she can do better. Look, they have been a lot over you know, the years. Um, but, you know, if it's a healthy relationship, I hope they stay together. If it's unhealthy, you know, best to be apart. <laughs> Our fourth story. Celebrities keep distancing themselves from Ozempic. That is from The Cut. Before I go any further, a show of hands at this table. Who is across the Ozempic trend in the celebrity weight loss world? I've seen it on TikTok. Yeah. I've seen it around, but I don't know many details. It's the kind of thing I haven't deep dived into. Okay. All right. So this is an increasingly fascinating phenomenon. Last year, whispers started circulating that celebrities were dropping weight in a new and extremely intense way in order to subscribe. Remember how last year we were talking about like the thin is in trend and I'm putting that in inverted commas because as we know saying any body type is in or trendy is problematic but thin is apparently in and celebrities were dropping weight to subscribe to that new skinny trend reportedly 
They have been doing this by injecting themselves with a drug called Ozempic. Now, Ozempic is something you have to inject yourself with weekly and it has a weight loss benefit. Yeah, exactly. Now, how did we know about this to start? Well, it all started with blind items, Mm. didn't it? People who said that they're close to celebrities started posting blind items about this quote-unquote inside secret. Some particular celebrities like Kim Kardashian started having their names attached to these Ozempic whispers. Now, we really need to be clear here. These rumours have never been confirmed. There is no suggestion that Kim Kardashian has definitely taken this drug. But I think this was heavily speculated in relation to her dropping weight around the Met Gala. That's why her name has been associated with it. Yeah, the Marilyn she's never, dress. She's never confirmed that. No, not at all. Other public figures like Elon Musk, though, have outright confirmed that Ozempic is the cause of their weight loss. In a reply to the question of how did you get so ripped last year on Twitter, Elon Musk responded fasting. In a subsequent tweet, he then said, and we govi. Now, we govi is an alternative to Ozempic. It's essentially the same thing. In a recent interview on Call Her Daddy, another celebrity, TV personality Chelsea Handler, also said that she's been on Ozempic. She said, I didn't even know I was on it. My anti-aging doctor just hands it out to anybody. I don't know how I feel about that kind of quote. This is not like a tablet you take. This is a weekly injection. And the issue here is Ozempic is a diabetes drug. Uh, It is, as I said, an injection that sufferers of diabetes type 2 need to manage their condition. And now this trend of the elite and wealthy using it has contributed, Mish, to a global shortage. Yeah. So here in Australia, it's predicted we won't have supply for diabetes sufferers to get the medication they need until April. The US Food and Drug Administration said they won't have supply until mid-March because so many people are using this drug for things other than diabetes now. I mean, just to circle back to that Chelsea Handler quote, I didn't even know I was on it. My anti-aging doctor just hands it out to anybody. That is such an interesting quote to me that number one, celebrities have doctors just dedicated to anti-aging, but also that you could be taking an an injection, like having something injected into your body every week. You don't know what it is and your doctor's just handing it out to everyone. Like maybe the most obvious comment in the world, but the lives that celebrities live are so unusual. Like that is bizarre to me that that is where people are at, celebrities are at. If, If she's telling the truth. Why wouldn't you? Why would you lie? Well, I don't know if it's lying or like bending the truth of like, I didn't even know that I was taking it. Okay. Like, I, I appreciate the honesty, I guess, when you've got so many celebrities denying it. But I don't know if I believe that you don't know what's going into your body. Yeah. I don't believe you're built that differently that you don't care about what's going into your body. Yeah. I mean, as we're saying, Chelsea Handler and Elon Musk are two celebrities who have acknowledged they've taken it. But you've had Khloe Kardashian and Real Housewives, Kyle Richards denied getting injections they've Mm. been asked and they've said no kim kardashian's never really flat out addressed it mindy kaling whose name's also popped up in a couple of these blind items hasn't said anything either again we need to be really clear we don't know for sure that anyone is definitely doing it beyond the people who have admitted it Mm. but it does feel like if there is a global shortage then there is absolutely a trend here. Yeah, well, Bravo's Andy Cohen, of course, from Watch What Happens Live, he literally interviews celebrities every week for a job, recently tweeted, everyone is suddenly showing up 25 pounds lighter. What happens when they all stop taking Ozempic? So I think if someone in Andy Cohen, I mean, the circles he operates in, the people he knows, if he's tweeting stuff like this to say everyone's on it, everyone's doing it, what happens when they all stop? This has to be so widespread by this point. I think absolutely, absolutely. And it's like, God, not to be like the moralistic high horse police here, but like you'd really have to be asking yourself questions when you see headlines around a global shortage what you're doing well it's like do you have no moral compass I, it's so interesting to me because it's not like celebrities can cause a global there's not enough of them right like there's such an upper echelon of people but there's enough elite and rich people yes that they would move around with but it's not just celebrities i'm sure everyone in their circle as well yeah i'm really curious as well about the situation here in australia if you're a doctor or if you're in a position where you know what's causing the shortage here please come talk to us australia's kind of regulations around who can get prescribed this are tighter than the u.s so i'm not sure it's 
it's an identical situation. I'd be really curious to know from the listeners, do you know people on this? Do you know how it's operating or how we've gotten to this point where there is a global shortage? Because it's just fascinating to us. Some blind items are speculating that celebrities are hosting, and I quote, injection parties so they can all get jabbed with Ozempic at the same Weird. time. I've always known that celebrity weight loss trends are like, next level can be really extreme of course celebrities and the stuff they do to their bodies is fascinating i don't think i ever realized it can be this intense like this is like steroid level like bodybuilding kind of stuff that is just above and beyond our fifth story blake lively appears to have given birth in latest instagram post that is from news.com a really quick one to finish off the show blake lively and ryan reynolds could not have been more (laughs) low-key with their announcement i guess of their fourth child on Sunday, she posted a photo on Instagram that appeared to show she just didn't have a baby bump anymore, sharing like a string of photos from their Super Bowl party. Blake Lively posted a photo alongside Ryan Reynolds and his mum wearing a tank top and jeans with the caption, Puppy Bowl Sunday, been busy. Puppy Bowl Sunday? I don't know. Without, <laughs> the, photo, without, without the photos here, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's something there. There's a whole bunch of stuff, right? Like it's very down to earth. There's a bunch of meals. There's them hanging out. But like if you look at the recent photos on Blake Lively's Instagram, she was heavily pregnant in the last couple of photos that she's posted. We now know she's not pregnant anymore. I guess by the time you get to kid four, you just kind of, you don't care. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you ask my mother and my younger brother and that's definitely true. We're both one of four and I swear to God, if you go to my mum, what was Tom's first word? She goes, I really don't know. Yeah, I got to say, yeah, but that all comes back around because now my younger brother's like 25 or something and it's like, he, the sun shines out of his eyes. Oh yeah, Tom's the favourite. Yeah. <laughs> now you're like uh, nobody cares about us. <laughs> yeah, but that's why we're both third children. We started a podcast because we felt like nobody could hear us. We're both middle children. Yeah. Oh, you're not third. Are I'm, you? I'm second. I but I think confused. middle child syndrome. It's all the same. Well, yeah. My partner Ollie is third child, and I was like, we always laugh that we're the ones that you know no one can hear. But I was like, I think we're the ones that yelled aloud. <laughs> I think character. It's, yeah, it really is. I think that might be all we've got time for. Truly, that's all I've got for Blake Lively. Is I- much else to say? I mean, I care. Any comments about Does Blake Lively? Does this mean Taylor Swift has to write a new song? Because Who's remember- Taylor Swift? Oh, all right. <laughs> is, there a, is there a better friendship slag? Oh, who's Taylor Swift? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. let it like pass anymore either. No. If she or I mispronounce something, you're straight oh. on it. My ears have been trained to catch these In things. Fairness, I do it to other people, so I deserve it myself. When I say, should Taylor Swift write a new song? You know, she wrote that song and the three characters in the song were James Innes and Betty yeah. and that's of course Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's kids and I just wondered if she needed to write a new song. <laughs> you asked for more observations and that's all I could give. Just let her paddle by herself. Yeah, <laughs> Guys, that's all we've got time for. Thank you as always for listening. If you want to support the show, you know what to do. You can follow us on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows. Don't forget as well, we have a subscription arm of this show. It is called Shame More. If you want to binge all your scandals at once, and I know we really teased a scandal before, (laughs) you don't want to listen to that one, subscribe to Shame More on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, please do. We actually have just put up another bonus episode, Zara. We deep dive your relationship with social media right now. (laughs) I know, yeah, we do. It actually was a really good chat. Very cathartic and also very interesting I hope yeah and then we also answered a couple of listener questions at the end of that episode so stream that now on Apple Podcasts guys I think that's all from us any bell li- oh, <laughs> oh nah. who's any bell <laughs> any bell <laughs> sorry who <laughs> sorry who no any bell does any not bell have anything lady. to add nothing to add alright all right. let's get out of here catch bye, bye. Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.